Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Please be seated. The Word of God which engages us this day is the first lesson read from Revelation chapter 7. Thus far the text. Dear friends in Christ, there are those times in life when we don't want to know the outcome in advance. For example, if we're reading a mystery novel, we don't want to know how it ends in advance. We want to be surprised. Or if we're going to go and see a movie, we don't want someone who's already seen that movie to tell us how it ends. We want to experience that end ourselves without knowing in advance. There are those times in life when we do not want to know the outcome in advance. But there are also those times in life when knowing the outcome in advance is a real blessing. I experienced this in my own life back in 2006 on an evening when the St. Louis Cardinals were playing the Detroit Tigers in the World Series. Concordia Seminary, where I was employed at that time, was also having that same night a major event to kick off a fundraising effort. I was expected to go. And so I decided that I would just record the game and watch it later when I got home. Well, after the event ended, my wife Ann and I got to our car in the parking garage, and I immediately turned on KMOX to see the results of the game, and we were able to catch the last two outs of the game and to hear that the Cardinals had won that game. Well, knowing that outcome in advance totally changed my perspective and my attitude when I went home and watched the recording of that game. The Tigers got a hit, not a big deal. Tigers scored a run, that's all right. Cardinals made an error, well, those things happen. <laughs> Knowing the outcome in advance totally changed my perspective as I watched that game. Well, in today's first lesson from Revelation chapter 7, God gives us a picture of our outcome in advance. And in this case, knowing the outcome in advance is a tremendous blessing because knowing this outcome in advance changes the way we look at life and death. We have in our first lesson for today a vision of none other than the church triumphant, the church in heaven, the collection of all who trust and believe in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sin and everlasting life. Let's take a little closer look at this vision and see what we can learn from it. First of all, it is described as a multitude of people whom no one could count. People from every nation, from every tribe and language and people. What a testament to the working of God in this world. God who says repeatedly throughout the scriptures that he desires not the death of the wicked, but rather that they should repent and come to the knowledge of the truth and be saved. The fact that there are any there in heaven is a wonder, let alone a multitude whom no one could number. What a testament 
to the grace and mercy and working of God in this world. Secondly, you'll notice they are described as standing before the throne of God and before the Lamb. That Lamb, of course, is Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And you'll notice that they are described also as wearing white robes. And then a little bit later in our text, they are described as the ones who washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. White, of course, symbolizes purity and righteousness and holiness. And what a beautiful way to describe that it is the blood of Jesus Christ that cleanses us from all sin and unrighteousness. And we see also that they are depicted as holding palm branches in their hands, getting ready to wave them. Back in Bible times, palm branches signified victory. When a victorious ruler or military leader would come back home, he would often be welcomed back home and received by the waving of palm branches on the part of his people. And of course, we remember how on Palm Sunday, Jesus was welcomed into Jerusalem by crowds waving palm branches. And this multitude is not silent. It is not timid. For it is crying out, and in fact, we can even translate that word, shouting out, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And did you notice also what this multitude is not experiencing there at the throne of God? We read in our text, they shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more, The sun shall not strike them, nor any scorching heat, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. In other words, this multitude now exists apart from sin, and apart from all the effects of sin in their lives. That vision is your future. That is the outcome for anyone who trusts and believes in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sin. And knowing this outcome in advance radically changes the way we look at life here on this earth. At times, doesn't it seem as though we can focus so much attention here on things that won't even matter a year from now, let alone on into eternity? At times we act as if the here and the now is all that there is and is all that is important. But knowing this outcome in advance and seeing the church triumphant there before the throne of God and before the Lamb helps us remember what really is important in this world. And it keeps us from being upset and obsessed with things that are only temporal and temporary in our lives. And knowing this outcome in advance also changes the way we look at death, our own death and the death of others. Unfortunately, death is all around us, and it still has its way. Oh, we might be able to put it off for a bit, delay it for a bit, But it is inevitable. 
It is described in scripture as the last enemy, and it still takes from us our family members and our friends for a time. In fact, this morning, we remembered 19 now former members of St. Paul's Lutheran Church whom God called into his nearer presence throughout the preceding year. We give thanks to God this morning for the faith and trust in Jesus Christ that he gave to these 19 individuals, for the fact that we can stand here assured today that they are in the church triumphant, for that is the only thing that can bring us peace and comfort as we consider and remember them this morning. Knowing the outcome in advance won't restore our loved ones to us here on this earth, but it does assure us of an eternal reunion with them in heaven. This vision in our text for today reminds us that death is not the end. Death does not have the last say. For the Christian, death is but a doorway into an eternal existence in the presence of God with all who have gone before us, including those 19, and all who will come after us. With them, we will await the day when Christ will return in all power and glory and raise our bodies once again, making them like his glorious body, immortal, incorruptible, and imperishable. We thank God for this vision in our text for today, knowing the outcome in advance, the outcome of Christ's perfect obedience, the outcome of Christ's death and resurrection, the outcome of the Holy Spirit's work to create faith and sustain saving faith. Did you notice a pattern there? It's all God's work. It's all God's doing. The fact that anyone is standing there before the throne of God and before the Lamb is a result totally and completely of God's work. That's why in our text, the members of the church triumphant aren't congratulating one another on having made it to heaven. Their focus is not on themselves or on one another, but their focus is where it belongs, upon a gracious God and upon the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. Considering all of this, all the mighty and gracious works of God, we join today with the company of heaven and say blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might belong to our God forever and ever. Amen. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding guard our hearts and our minds in this one true faith unto life everlasting. Amen.